Welcome to the Property Mom Podcast. I'm Dolapo and I'm on a mission to empower the next generation of property investors. So I'm a wife, a mother of two wonderful kids who are five and three, and I'm what you'd call a property entrepreneur. And if you're joining us for the first time, thanks so much for listening to this. And my hope is that you learn something new every time you listen, as I've juggled the past few years between raising a family, property investing, development, refurbs, rent to rent and educating. So my love for property runs really deep. Now, this podcast is for anyone looking to get into property, build a portfolio of owned or managed property and build long term wealth, whether as a side business or if you want to eventually quit your job and run your own business full time. You're definitely in the right place. Here you'll find discussions, ideas and strategies for UK property investing. So this is the last episode of 2020 and I wanted to say a big thank you to all my listeners, people who are tuning in, whether it's for the one time or if consistently, really, really appreciate it. And as we come to the end of this uh, sensational year, my final episode of 2020 is an amazing and deeply engaging episode with Emmanuel Asukur. He's a renowned financial advisor, media personality, and wealth-building entrepreneur. His story is so compelling because he grew up on a council estate in East London and always dreamed of working in one of the skyscrapers in Canary Wharf. And he's going to tell you the story. Um, really, really engaging episode. He also talks about, you know, developing the right money mindset, creating the right habits, not only for yourself, but also for your kids. And he talks about how to avoid some of the pitfalls of making mistakes that just keep you in a constant cycle of poverty. So do listen in. You will get a lot of good tips. Um, Emmanuel has accomplished a lot. He's um, renowned. He's featured on um, all sorts of uh, media. He's a media personality. He's been on the BBC. He's been on um, Channel 4. He's been on um, Radio 1. And, you know, he's he's really out there and he's really spreading the, the gospel of financial freedom. So enjoy this episode and I'll catch you on the other side. Hi, Emmanuel. Really great to have you on the show. Hey, buddy. How are you? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And hope you've been well with everything going on with all of the sort of resurgence of the lockdown. How are you coping? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's actually been quite a busy season because I think the lockdown has made people actually realise that, you know, that mad guy on the internet that was telling you to save for an emergency fund and not spend all of your money that you hated. Now, you know, his advice seems to have paid dividends for those that listened. And so I've had so many more inquiries, so many more people who have said, you know, actually, I want to get right with my money or, you know, mm-hmm. being on furlough has meant that I've, I've gone into debt and I, it shouldn't be that way. 20, a 20% loss shouldn't, shouldn't affect you in that way. But for a lot of people, they were living to 100, 110, 120% of their income. So they want to change that. So I've been inundated and more busy than I've ever been before. Wow. So um, can you give us a bit of an example of what it is you actually do? So as a financial advisor, what is your day to day like? Yeah. So as a financial advisor, I guess my day to day um, consists of many different things. So we've got main the main thing is 
see, seeing clients. So basically I sit down with people and try and help them reach their financial goals. So one, it's one thing to have a dream and have a goal and you know where you're at and you know where you want to be. I think for a lot of people, it's that bit in the middle of how do I get there? And for me, it's about helping my clients get there in either the best way, whether that be tax efficiently or, or speed, or in a way that makes sure that it's sustainable and that it can carry on depending on what their goals are. And so also allowing people to then understand things that they may not have thought about. So we only know what we know. And so the best thing about sitting down with someone like me is that because I, I meet so many different people from so many different backgrounds and have helped so many people, there may be things that you haven't thought about that I can now tell you, oh, this is another way that you can do it. And so that is most of my day is kind of planning and helping people budget and be better with their money invest their money um get on the property ladder um help them help business owners be more efficient with the money that they're making from their business and try and help people with legacy creating multiple streams of income oh fantastic and it's interesting that because one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on the show you know um is because of the fact that you are you have the um, money mindset right yes and it's very important to have the right money mindset when you're looking to get into property yes. uh, it's interesting that a lot of people that i've spoken to have a keen desire to buy property but they don't understand that they need to there's almost like a pre-process to go through Sure. which you will cover where you know you need to get your money um, affairs in order so you can qualify to get a mortgage. Yes, yes. Um, so if you could talk to that a bit about this sort of process where people need to be thinking, what they need to be thinking about if they mm. do want to get on the property ladder. Yeah, and so for me, when it comes to the whole money mindset side of things, when it comes to getting to property, for me, it's about what are you prepared to sacrifice? So a lot of people will say, I want to buy property. And then for me, it's, it's why. I always talk to my clients and talk about what's your why? Why are you pursuing this? Um, and for a lot of people, their why is wishy-washy, hence why they never reach their goals because their why is, oh, I just see everybody on the internet with a house or, oh, it's just a thing to do. And so what happens is because your why is not strong, when you now start saving towards this property, all of a sudden there'll be this opportunity to go on holiday or there'll be this opportunity to buy a new car or some new trainers or a new handbag or a new 2000 pound wig. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, because your why is not strong, these things lead your money into other places. And so for me, the foundation is to understand your why. And then it's to understand, okay, if my why is important, I need to then delay my gratification. So I need to understand that although, yes, as human beings, we, we live in an instant world. Everything is now. I always talk about you get to the train station and it says three minutes and you're like, three minutes. And you're saying it's a good service. It's like three minutes. Like if it's not one minute or two minutes, we're not happy. Like we're instant now. And so it's about understanding that, okay, yes, you know, there's, the, there's a part of me that wants that instant gratification. But actually, if I want to achieve my bigger goal, which is, you know, to own a property, I'm going to have to deny myself some things in the instant to, and delay that so that I can buy, buy this property in the future. And so for me, it's about understanding the mindset of, okay, I can't. And then looking at my needs versus my wants. And some people, you know, you need Netflix. You know what I mean? You need, you need, to, ha you need to be in Waitrose. You know that your money is really Lidl's. Your, your salary is Lidl's salary, but you're in Waitrose taking pictures down the aisle. You know Waitrose is not for you. So now it's about looking at our needs versus our wants so we can have the money left over to put towards this deposit. Um, and then once we go from there, 
then it's about the income side of things and the kind of the maths making it make sense making it sense okay making it sense so the thing i was going to say while you were talking is you know we talk about this sacrifice right sacrifice yes. to get what it is you are sort of planning towards but where is there that place for living because yes. in a way you don't want to be sacrificing most of your life of course just because you want to acquire stuff right you want to at least yes. have the opportunity that you lived a little so yes. how do you then balance that with your clients how do you get them for me yeah i i, I love that and, and this is something that I, i've been talking to a lot of my clients in the last few months about is that actually for your mental health like you need to have some enjoyment mm -hmm. but for a lot of us our enjoyment comes at a high price so you need to have some enjoyment, but it doesn't need to cost 200, 300, 400 pounds. You can give yourself enjoyment at 20, 30, 40 pounds and then still save the rest towards it. And so for me, it's about understanding, creating moments to enjoy, but not necessarily spending all our money to, in, to enjoy these moments. And so it's about the balance. And then it's about how long do you want to, to reach your goal? Yeah. So if I want to buy a property, if I want to buy it in the next 12 to 18 months, that cuts out a lot of enjoyment. But, but if I'm happy to wait four years, then I can have some more enjoyment and it's gonna take me longer. So sometimes I put it back to my clients and say, well, how long are you prepared to wait? Because the longer you're prepared to wait, the more enjoyment you can have. Yes, and that's a good point. I like the, the analogy when you're talking about time versus yes. you know, enjoyment. So exactly. really, I'm happy to wait four years. I'll enjoy myself along the way, but at least I know I have my goals all set out and I will, exactly. you know, meet it. And then at least you know how much you are, you do have to spend. Because I think another thing, and I'd love to go into practical tips. Another thing that people don't do is where you don't necessarily download your statements to see mm -hmm. what exactly is going on. Because you have a mental image as to what you think you're spending until you do the math. Yes. And you find out that actually you're spending a lot more on clothes, you're spending a lot more on Netflix and subscriptions yeah. and things. Yeah, I think it's so important. And I always I always challenge my clients um, and, and ask them a simple question. How much does it cost to be you? And a lot of the time people cannot answer that question. But we know what time we've got to be at work. We know what, what time, what meetings we have at work. We know what our manager's having for lunch, but we don't know what what how much it costs to be me how much does it cost for me to live the life the lifestyle that I'm living now and so like you said what, what I get my clients to do is go back and look at the last three four months where have they been spending and and just write down so for example you'll go through the statement every time you see Uber Eats you write you write a column Uber Eats every time you see how much you put that price in and then you can then average it so you can then say look okay I'll, over the last three months or the last four months on Uber Eats, I've totaled this, divided by the three or four months, this is how much I'm spending on, on Uber Eats. Am I spending too much? Can I reduce that? Am I happy to carry this going forward? Mm -hmm. Is this somewhere I can make a change? And if you do that with every single expense that, you, that every single expense that you've got, all of a sudden you can come to a picture of, okay, this is how much it costs to be me. And this is what I'm going to agree with myself to spend and to save going forward. Hmm. Well done. And what's interesting again is how you analyze that, right? Because I guess at this point you're also looking at how much you spend on your credit cards. Exactly. So you know there are two schools of thought. Some people are like, oh no, I don't want credit cards at all. It's it's demonic. <laughs> Come on, tell them. On the other hand, I always say no. You need credit cards because that's how you build up the history, right? And then on the other hand, there's some people that just spend on the credit cards. So what is a good balance when it comes to credit cards? I think the balance is knowing yourself. 
mm-hmm. I think there is this whole myth of you can't get a mortgage if you don't have a credit card. That's not true. Mm. You can get a mortgage even if you don't have a credit card. You might not get the best rate um, because you don't have a history, but there are lenders that will borrow to you if you've had no debt, had no issues, no problems. You just might not get the best rate. Um, that's just one of the factors. So if you know, if you know that, for example, if you know that you're the type of person, if, if you've got a thousand pounds credit limit, now it's a challenge for you to how you're going to spend that. And you know, every day you're going to go to sleep, all your mind is going to be thinking, oh, I can spend a hundred pounds on this. I, then listen, credit card is not for you. You need to move away from that. That's not, it's not going to benefit you getting that because you haven't got the discipline and that's something you need to work on. But also on the other, other extreme is that if you can manage it, then definitely do. Because again, I like to think of these things practically. If I was going to, if someone was going to ask me to borrow money and I had a friend who borrowed, borrowed their money before, I would want to know how did they use, how did they use money before? And that's all your credit score is. All a bank is doing is saying, right, you've borrowed from some other banks or some other lenders. How have you, how have you managed money with them? And if you've managed money good with them, I'm going to take it as if you could do it good with them, you can do it good with me. If you haven't done it good with them, then I'm, I'm not going to take it. And if they don't want to give you money, then I don't want to give you money. Yeah. And that's really what a credit score is, um, to keep it simple. Yeah. Okay, so for most people, managing their credit score should be almost vital. It needs to be, especially if you're looking to get on the property ladder, it needs to be something that you're considering very closely and you're looking out. Um, in my case, I actually subscribe to um, some of the credit card, um, uh, sorry, credit score. Credit reference, reference credit agencies, reference, yeah. Exactly, agencies. Yeah. Just to make sure that I know what's going on a, on a, a monthly basis. Now, sure. what are your thoughts about keeping that sort of close eye on your credit um, file? so that you know what's going on? I think it's really important. The reason it's important is because what we want to do is we want to leverage. We want to use leverage. And so we're not all like Donald Trump where our dad can give us a small loan of a million pounds to get started. Do you know what I mean? So for a lot of us, we we, we, we can't even, we are giving money to our parents rather than the other way around. So in fact, we, we have to make sure that we leverage what the small that we have, we can leverage it to, to, to get something bigger. Yeah. And so the key measure when it comes to whether I'm going to borrow money to you or not mm-hmm. is your credit score. So that's why your credit score is important. It's not that, you know, we care about credit that much. What we care about is being the ability to leverage, but mm-hmm. the ability to leverage comes from banks being comfortable with our credit score. So it's important for us to be on top of that. And so I, I definitely feel like we should, you know, register. And, and in the short term, you might register with, you know, Noodle or, or well, now Credit Karma or, you know, Clear Score or these type of ones that are free. free. But as you get closer to, you know, getting a mortgage, then you might want to go onto the experience or the Equifax or so forth to, to, um, to get something a bit more in depth. But it's very important that you you know you have an idea or you know what what banks what your credit score is because that's what lenders see of you Mm -hmm. so really thank you for all this sort of insight very helpful and now to know a bit more about you Emmanuel just to know about how you got to this point right because you have sort of all this knowledge and I imagine that you found this out along the way Uh, so what is your background how did you get to this point where yeah, so um, my background, I guess I grew up in a place called Tower Hamlets in East London um, on a council estate um, to um, Nigerian immigrant parents. Um, and if you know Nigerians, it's all about education. So 
education, education, education. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You must win at school. And unfortunately, I was good at sport and I wasn't good at school. And so, you know, I left, um, I went to school, I left school with, you know, four GCSEs. Listen, if leaving school with four GCSEs being Nigerian, like my dad just threw me in the bin. Do you know what I mean? I was a, I was a failure before I'd even started. Do you know what I mean? Life. And so for me, I had that kind of doubt as to how, what am I going to do? What, how can I succeed? But living in, living in East London, I live very close to Canary Wharf. Mm -hmm. So I could see the big buildings in Canary Wharf. And I always tell the story how in my house, if I used to leave the light on in my house, my mum would go crazy. Who let the light on, left the light on in the kitchen? You know what I mean? It was a big, big thing. Then I used to look out my window at 11 o'clock at night and see these big buildings in Canary Wharf. And they got floors of lights. And I said, no. I've got to be over there. There's money over there. I can't even leave the light on in the kitchen. We got a hundred floors here with lights on and everybody's gone home. I said, no, that was my motivation. I said, I don't know how I'm going over there. That's where I've got to be. And so that was my desire and my focus to get over there. And so that's how I started the journey. I got a, a part-time job in Canary Wharf in Marks and Spencer's, 5 a.m. in the morning. I used to, used to go in and then I used that to become a cashier um, in Barclays so I was almost there because I could see the Barclays and the HSBC building those are the two buildings I could those see and I, I, I was like I've got to be in one of those so I got a cashier job at Barclays and I worked hard I got a mentor who really helped me and, and one of the biggest lessons I learned was and that, that he told me number one if you're on time you're late and when I was young I think oh, if you're on time you're late what does that even mean but people don't realize that when to be early takes planning. Mm. To be early means that you have had thought beforehand. That means you are not rushing into your day. You are going in, yeah. you are going into the, you are in control of your day. You, it's so much more than just being on time. Yeah. It's about a mindset. It's about focus. It's about determination. And so when I learned to be, be, that being on, to be on time, I was late. And so mm. I, I started getting everywhere one hour early everywhere one hour early and so when I started to get to the branch one hour early the branch manager was there and because he had told me being on time was late he started to invest in me and so that was the first time I got a mentor and then he told me the next thing he told me which really helped me was don't be don't work or act in the position that you're at work and act in the position that you want to be so I was a cashier but he was like you don't want to be a cashier you want to be more than that so take the, the brochures in the banking hall, read up on credit cards, mortgages, um, all the products that the bank offer, learn them because you want to be above where you're at. And for a lot of us, we're not putting the yeah. energy above where we want to be. We're yeah. only putting the energy of where we're at and wondering why we're only getting back what yeah. we're putting in. Mm -hmm. And so that led me to then basically get to the point where I was outperforming everyone, only working three days a week. I outperformed everyone. When I got to 22, finished university, Barclays, a whole Barclays said, what do you want to be? I said, I wanted to be a financial advisor. <laughs> I became the youngest financial advisor in Barclays in the country. And at 22, um, I became a financial advisor. All my peers were late 40s, early 50s. And so they could all be my parents. All of them could be old, were old enough to be my parents. And, and so that was a big change. But now I had to develop. But then I got to a stage where um, I got through the banks, then went independent and got to a point where I'm dealing with high net worth individuals, like average client, two million. And I looked around, all my colleagues were white. All my clients were white. 
get on, I go to church on Sunday and I'm seeing 600, 700 black people. I said, where are you people during the week? What's, what's, what's going on? How come I only see black people on Sunday? And so, and then when we're, when we're talking, all we're doing is, is, is collecting money. I don't understand what's going on here. Offering, offering, offering. How many offerings will we do? And I can't see you guys during the week. So for me, I said, I have to, I have to change this. Like I've learned a skill, I've developed it. And now I have, it's my duty to give this back to my community. And so I decided that I'm going to start online, online um, on Instagram and start giving out this knowledge. Let me tell you, nobody cared. Nobody, nobody cared. cared. Nobody cared. I was on Instagram. <laughs> nobody come on Instagram to hear about financial design. Nobody cared. You this fool. What are you doing? Like, who cares? I'm here for entertainment. So I had to learn to, you know, deliver my my yeah. my, my knowledge in a different way, in yeah. a way that could still be entertaining and people could still feel like they could they could feel it, but still get the knowledge. Yeah. And when I started, a lot up. of my <laughs> a lot of my colleagues yeah. looked at me and said, "You're crazy," because financial advice in the UK is targeted at high net worth individuals. Hmm. So you are now going to try and give financial advice to, to people on low incomes, people that have never bought property before, people that, so how are you going to survive? It's a, it's not, it's a flawed method. That's yeah. what they told me. It's a flawed business plan. Yeah, because it's based on the amount that you can manage, isn't it? Exactly. So you want to be targeting the higher earners. So you have less. Percentages. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so that was their thing. So then as it built up, as I, as, I, as I started to do online and got more following, mm-hmm. all of a sudden got onto the TV. The TV show came, came about on Channel 4. Um, and so that was your first TV show? First TV show, straight on Channel 4, Save Well, Spend Better. And the premise of the TV show was what I was doing every single day. So they wanted to help offer advice to the regular Joe public, normal people, on how they can be better with their money. And mm-hmm. that's what I was doing every day. So I was a perfect fit. Yeah. And then that's then led on to all the success that we're doing that that's happened now. And now all those that were laughing at me were like, oh, Emmanuel, we, we, we wish we could, uh, do you know what I mean? We could do what you're doing. You're doing amazing. Like, how did you get on the TV? I'm like, well, you wanted to focus on oh, your rich people. And I wanted to focus on helping the nation. And now, you know, I'm here. And I always tell people the power of believing in yourself. And just because, you know, other people haven't done it or have done it doesn't mean that you can't do something. And I always talk about, you know, the bread aisle. You go to the bread aisle. Do you know how much types of bread there are? Could you imagine if Hovis said, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, there's King's Mill already. Yeah. King's Mill already have brown bread. I'm, I'm just, there's just no point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they're all there and we're all buying the different types. And so people need to realize that the biggest thing that's going to help you be you, is you. Your unique selling point is that you're the only version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And once I understood that I had the value, the skills within, that has, you know, really helped me, you know, achieve what I've been able to achieve. Wow, well done. That was, that was hilarious. Some bits of it. <laughs> really well delivered. And the thing that is interesting, you say, is about the whole thing with the bread aisle. The mm. first time I heard about that was they were talking about um, convenience stores. Mm. And he said, sometimes you see a strip where there'll be like six different shops <laughs> selling the exact same thing. Exactly. No bread, milk, whatever. And they're literally next to each other, but they're all still in business. Mm-hmm. And he said, all you need to do to have a different product is to have that 10% difference mm. between one and the other, right? And at the end of the day, when we look at our individuality, that's the 10% difference exactly. we're talking about. Right? The exactly. fact is you always deliver it different. So there's so many people in property, 
it doesn't matter. There are people that are going to gravitate towards me because they're going to see something within me that exactly. appeals to them and they want to learn from me, right? Exactly. Likewise, you. And I like the idea that you had the passion. So there are two things that I picked up from what you were saying. First of all, the fact that you saw, you see, it's funny, the power of vision, right? Vision. Mm -hmm. That you were looking at those towers and you were like, these guys have their lights on. Come on. <laughs> there has to be a way to keep the lights on. Come on. You know? And that kept you, that vision kind of kept you where you, you knew you wanted to be on the, on that ground, right? So yes. you, you took you to Canary Wharf, yes. started from the bottom, now you're at the top in a step, yes. right? Exactly. Which is, you know, it's really, really inspirational to hear that. And then the second bit that you said, was just around how you knew within you that you didn't want to be focusing on the rich. You know, that's what everybody's doing, right? Exactly. You wanted to help. Yes. And you know, it's out of that help that you then get fame in a sense, exactly. because that's, that's commendable that you mm. said, I want to help the people that I see around me. I'm going to church. And it's true. Wow. And then you go to the millionaire <laughs> clubs and everybody else is, you know. Someone. Yeah. Really, really, really insightful. Thank you. So, so now we know, okay, so first you got on uh, Channel 4, and then yes. um, where has that sort of taken you to? I'm kind of interested. Yeah, so from Channel 4, then, then I really started doing a lot more school gigs. So I, I, I give talks at school because I understand that when I go, especially schools in deprived areas, when, when I go into a school in deprived areas, there's an effect that's going to have on those young people that other people can't have because I look like them. Yeah. I talk like them. I come from a council state like them. Yet now I advise millionaires. Yeah. And that inspiration to representation matters so much. So I go into schools and, and I give talks and it's just so powerful. And now, like I said, I, I don't I don't work. I just do what I love and get paid for it. Like I don't work. I could do this all day. But even when there's no money, I would still do it with the same joy because yeah. it's just what I love to do. And so I'm going giving talks in school. Then from there, you know, I've gone to universities. I, in just before lockdown, I gave a talk at Cambridge Uni University. Me with my four GCSEs, I was in there and I was, I, was the, I was the smartest person in the room when it came to finance and what I was delivering wow. because I took time to learn a skill um, and develop. And it was, it was a, an amazing experience because I never thought I would ever see the halls of Cambridge. And yet I'm there as this a guest speaker. Wow. You know what I mean, and and then then we left left on to go on to BBC, um, which I've done a few things with BBC, and then this morning, like this morning, it was huge. Like I don't I didn't realize when I did it, but I mean afterwards I was in the newspapers. It's been it's just been crazy because this morning is such a big show, and Martin Lewis is so big, and to be you know yeah. be filling in for him and replacing him in that moment was such a so big for the country to see someone different, yeah. and. The amount of emails and text messages and people that I've got in touch to say, you know, my son was like, wow, there's a, there's a black guy here doing finance. He's mm -hmm. on television and he's not a comedian and he's not, he's not a footballer or, do you know what I mean? He's an expert. He's mm -hmm. on the TV being an expert. And I think it, it helped people realise that you can, you can be an expert in whatever you do and that you can still find fame and still find adulation without having to be a sports star and an entertainer in that sense. And it's just been an amazing experience. Yeah, and really inspirational because honestly, it's, it's, it's one of the things. So I'm a, a mom, you know, with, uh, with a boy as well. And, you know, growing up in um, sort of in London, you always want them to have those role models. You know, it's mm. nice to see other people and see what they're doing, but being able to identify with somebody that, you know, is 
and you know it's nice you know the footballers and the you know yes. they have their own thing they do their own thing but we definitely need more representation that's a professional capacity right yes. where you're standing you're on tv you're representing finance in a sense yes. and you think, yes. look you can also be responsible in a sense so no it's really good on you and amazing to really hear about the progress and just hear about all the amazing things that started because you just had a vision yes. <laughs> you know? So really, really, really great to hear. And so, um, so now going forward for you, what, um, you know, you've talked about the fact that you enjoy doing the talks and, yeah. you, know, and you know, just educating people in a sense. Yeah. Actually, before we go into moving forward, just kind of towards the end of the conversation, yeah. um, you were talking about talking to young people. And yeah. I think that it's, it would be interesting to um, sort of talk to, because a lot of people that listen on the show are people who have young kids. Yes. So what sort of things should they be doing now in order mm. to prepare the young kids coming up? Because, yes. you know, it's all well and good for us to be thinking for ourselves, but we also need to be putting in the right values with the kids right now, because mine is five, yeah. you know, and three, I need to be doing stuff to get them, you know, thinking Definitely. that way. Definitely. And it's, it's imperative. Um, if I can tell anything to parents, it's imperative that you educate yourself financially to pass that on to your children. I think we like this lockdown has really made me understand that I was really relying on one person to educate my child in a out of a class of 20 to 30 children and think that they that that's gonna be the be and end and get them to where they be in life. Like when I actually realized the concept, I thought, no, that's crazy. Then financial education. When I sat down with, you know, these millionaires or these people that have wealth and sat down, the reason that they're there is not because of, you know, what they learned in school. It's because their parents taught them, this is what you do with money. When, I, when they were born, their parents opened the account. When they were 18 or 20 or 21, their parents mm -hmm. said, look, this is the money that we save for you. So if somebody saved money for you when you were 21, won't you do the same thing when you have your, that's just standard. That's not financial education. That's just, uh, that's what we do in our family. Mm. But for a lot of us, we have, we need the financial education to start to build these habits, to make it normal and, and the things that we do. And sometimes we compare ourselves to our peers. And so we compare ourselves to our peers, but our peers are, I've met clients, they didn't buy their first, didn't pay for university, didn't buy their, buy their first car, didn't pay, pay deposit for their house. So how will you, how will you compare when we are still sending money back home? I always tell you, Tommy from Leeds is not sending money home to Leeds living in London. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand? That pressure is not on his head. Like, so it's, it's different. We can't compare to others and we need to know where we're at. But for me, financial education, the biggest thing I always tell parents is don't talk to your children about money. Talk mm -hmm. to your children about value mm -hmm. and make them, uh, make them understand the value. And what I mean by that is that if you if and I always talk about apples and trees yeah for a lot of us money is 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 the apple and so we focus on the apple but the problem is, is if we always focus on apples then we're always going to have to go and find somebody that has a tree to give us an apple but actually if we start to focus on value which is trees then the value that we bring will bring us the apples that tree will grow and it will provide apples and you won't have to go elsewhere and so for me when it comes to my children I taught I'm teaching them skills that will always mean that I'm able to be able to provide value so for me I get paid to speak I get paid to be in public and have the confidence to stand up but a lot of people don't have that confidence and in the workplace you see those that are able to move forward are able to talk up in meetings 
are able to share their opinion and so forth. So my kids go to drama classes, not because I want them to be actors, but because I want them to be able to have the confidence to stand up. They do martial arts, not because I want them to take a career in karate, but I know that, again, it helps build confidence in themselves and being self-aware. They also going to, they went to start a tech class, but, you know, it's gone, but they're going to learn so that if we get a recession like now, they can go on Fiverr or, or one of these and say, look, I'll make a website for you. And they can start to add value and get paid. And so for me, young people need to understand the importance of value and not money because money comes and money goes, but value stays. And as you nurture that value, it can create more money. That is amazing because one of the key things is, and you find out that a lot of entrepreneurs somehow, either if they didn't, if it wasn't instilled in them, mm. they develop that value you're talking about. That's the value system that no matter what happens, even if they lose all their funds, they have it within them to start again. Exactly. You know, and I think for me, that's it's this year that helped me to realize that I was an entrepreneur at heart because <laughs> effectively, you know, I was telling you before how parts yeah. of the business fell off. Yeah. But instantly the value is in there. The system yes. is there to start to develop something else that is creating service, creating exactly. value. And that's so key that your kids from now start to understand the fundamentals of creating value, how they are valuing themselves. Exactly. They give value to oh. you you got it straight away yeah. because again what we're, we're going into a social media world that's going to tell yes. them that they're only valuable if they're driving this car yeah. or if they have Birkin bags or whatever nonsense it, it is when they grow up but if they understand that they are already valuable and they are valued yeah. and they have value that then they understand that anything that they own now becomes valuable because it belongs to them and that's the different mindset because if i know that i put on this shirt whether it's got a designer logo or not because i'm wearing it i'm confident that it's valuable because it's mine then i start to live life different i can't be forced to buy something yeah. just because i feel that it will make me feel better i'm already confident in the person that i am mm -hmm. and that's the type of children i want to be raising because mm -hmm. again even with with some high net worth um, people that i meet when you see them they don't they, they don't really get on with their kids because they've come from humble backgrounds yes. but their kids haven't they haven't and so, so they don't even like the kids that they're creating yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean I because they're like no this is not the values that we that, that they, they yeah. should have but the yeah. problem is is that they haven't spent the time to teach them those values they've just given them the lifestyle yeah. and a lot of the time that leads to them spending and wasting the money when you're gone and then and then another generation has to start all over again all over again yeah so they always talk about this thing with the generations right you always have the generations that came up <laughs> then they literally spoiled their own generation who exactly down then because their own kids had to come up again exactly. it's almost like a cyclical uh, generation but the generations that do well are the ones that what we're talking about where you work up to a little mm -hmm. uh, point then you it's almost like a jump off for your yes. own kids because yes. from that point, then they take off. And then, so in a sense, you know, some of us, I, I say this thing where some of us are second generation or first generation living yes. in this country. So yeah, we're not starting with all of the, you know, the value of maybe your grandfather had like land Oof. or had property that he could then pass on as an inheritance, which sometimes happens. Mm. But over here, we're basically starting the stage in a sense that our kids can then set off from right exactly. we need to be doing the hard work now and exactly it's just about making sure we have the building blocks for them so definitely what you were saying about that i love that point about making sure that by the time they're 18 you've already set up some sort of fund for them to inherit yes right and that they get you know and it's just to start small 
it's not on big. a monthly basis. Like it's not big, and and no one should feel bad if you need to use child benefit. It's there to be used. So if you're in a position you need to be used child benefit, then use it. But also have a plan to say, I want to get to the point where I don't need to use this. What are you doing? And I always talk about, I don't, I understand that everyone, I know what it's like. I've come from a people think because I talk finance and money and I'm around millionaires or whatever that you know I forget I grew up, I grew up poor. Like, do you know what I mean? My parents came and they just worked hard. But that but my thing is, is that you can be in a situation and, and I, don't, I don't judge anyone in that situation. My thing is, what's your plan to get out of it? That's where people will always fall down to me because you will complain about a situation, but then I tell you, okay, so what are we going to do to get out of it? And you ain't got a clue. So now it's insanity to think that you can do the exact same thing over and over and over again, yet get a different result. And so for me, that's where it's about change. Okay, yes, I know you're on benefits. Yes, I know your partner might have left you and you're a single parent. And I, and I know that is hard, but what's the plan? It might, not, it might not take one year, it might not take two, it might take four or five. You might have to go and do a course or, or some training, or you might need to wait until they're in school so you don't have to pay for nursery fees. But what's the plan? What are we doing to change the situation? I think that's where we have to look at ourselves. And um, the thing you, you mentioned about where of the plan it's almost like you need to have an idea of what it is you have now and this mm -hmm. is not just financially this is even capacity wise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what you have now and where you want to be because the person that you see the person that is going to be at that point let's say it's point z is a completely yeah. different person Come so on. what you were saying about the education you almost need to educate yourself to become that person exactly. you, know, you need to develop yourself so we're not only just talking money at this point no you know, we're talking internal development, taking care of your funds, just yes. generally building yourself up to that person you want to become. Of course. It's so important. I always talk about the characteristics. People will say, oh, I might know you achieve so much. Do you, they're not giving me a job at 22 because um, just because I, I passed the exams. That's down to my, that's down to the attitude. That's down to the mentality. That's down to the, the investment and time that I, I put into myself. That's down to the, the, the people that I surrounded myself with and, and, and so forth. And me being ready for the interview that I had to take, that everyone else had to take. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, it's more than just money. And that's the problem in this world. All we talk about is money. But there's so many more things that we need to we need to adapt ourselves to. Like I was saying before, what type of children are we raising? What type of attitude are they going to have because of the benefits that that we're giving to them? We need to be mindful of that. Like, and what are we doing to to nurture? So, like for my children, for example, I get them to give to charity. So whenever they get money, whenever they make money, there's a por a portion of it that they have to give away to charity because they need to understand that you know they're in, they're benefiting from from the hard work of me and their mum. And, and that there are other people that haven't that haven't got that opportunity and part of life is to give back and that and there's a benefit to mm. giving back and there's a it, there's a character that builds in you in mm. wanting to give back that will help you in life mm. yeah thank you Manuel. Like, <laughs> i feel like i'm in church right here <laughs> like, uh, oh gosh it's been so inspirational and you know even though we talk about properties and mainly my mm. podcast is all about property and how people build, but you know, we're also talking about <clears throat> the values to be able to yes. sustain this. Cause it's one thing to also build up these things. Then there's another issue around maintaining and sustaining, mm. right? So if you're not that person, it's just going to fall apart anyway. Exactly. So it's realizing that not only for yourself, it's also for your, also for your children that you're doing all this hard work for, 
yeah. that you know you're also making sure that they are developing the right attitudes the right skills and the right values to be able to inherit these things from you definitely and thank you thank you dolly for creating a platform for putting it out there because it's so important um because you know there there're not enough um women in property number one let alone black women do you know what i mean and so the more that you can do representation matters and i always say that there will be things that people that will relate to you because you're a mum and you fit their situation more than me, even if we say the same thing. So it's so important what you're doing and the platform that you're creating and the fact that, you know, you've been successful and decided to give back. And I think people act like we should do that, but I'm telling you that it's like one in a hundred people that will, will think, okay, I've been successful. I remember when I'm talking one in a hundred, and for that hundred, that hundred is like out of a hundred thousand. So out of a hundred thousand of us, a hundred become successful. And then one person thinks I'm going to go and give back. Mm. And so for what you're doing is so amazing and it's so important and it's inspiring how you can do it while still, you know, being married and having, having children and show that you can have it all. Because a lot of the time people feel like if you're going to be successful, you can't, you don't get married or you have to sacrifice being a parent or, or whatever it may be. So I just appreciate you as a person and what you're doing and the platform you're creating and, and the change that you're bringing and the value that you're adding to our community. And I just wish you more success um, going Thank forward. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mara. That's so beautiful and really nice to hear as well. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you want to do something. It's not necessarily out of the greatness of your heart. It's just mm. that you do realize that there is a gap, right? Mm. And, you know, one of the key things that I, I really wanted to do was to showcase. So I'll tell you one thing that happened once. I was looking through the internet, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I was just looking online to see, oh, I typed in Black women in property. And so this is where this whole thing came from because I just thought, I went through and I think there was just one person that came up mm. and then another. And then there was, an, there was a whole, um, I think it was a podcast or a blog where they mm. had about 50 odd women in property. Mm -hmm. And as I went through page by page and nothing spectacular, by the way, it was like some yeah. I bought like maybe a few properties, whatever. And I was just going through and I was like, why are there no black faces on here? Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand where we, we are represented here, right? Mm -hmm. And then finally I came by one person and um, it's a lady called Elsie and she's been in the game for a while. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like in all of this, you know, so I definitely felt that need to just, you know, we need to showcase ourselves. Definitely. You know, there are different platforms that do this for sure, but you know, you know, you just try and do what you can, isn't it? So no, yeah, it's so important because there are so many. I feel like black women are like. It's, if you think about it, it's hard to be a woman, and it's hard to be black. So being both is. Do you know what I mean? And then you add wife, then you add mother. So I understand why so many will just sit back and say, you know what. I'm just going to let, you know, life pass me by and just try and get by because there's so many pressures. Yeah. But, but the more people like you that step up and show you, look, we can do more, we can be more and we don't, we can't, we don't have to be limited by, you know, our gender or, or our race. It's so powerful. And I feel like, you know, as even me as a, as a, as a black man, there's a, as being a man in this society, there, there are certain benefits I get. So for me, it's so important to empower, you know, black women when I see them. And that's why I wanted to come on here and try and, you know, add value to, to your platform because, um, I love what you're doing and I love to see it because it's so important. So I know you might not get the thank yous that you deserve. People might not, people might just keep asking questions. How do I buy this? Or where do I go to buy that? And, and then you have to answer and, you know, no one says thank you afterwards, but 
I appreciate you. We appreciate you. And um, like I said, I wish you more success on the, on the journey. Thank you. And for you too. And as we wrap up this sort of beautiful session that we've had, what I wanted to ask was, where do you see yourself sort of going forward? You know, you've attained yeah. success. I'm sure some of it wasn't even planned, you know, it's yeah. just showing up. And, you know, so where do you see Emmanuel kind of going? What is your future? My thing is just to be, you know, the advisor of the nation. Like, I'm literally, like, I, I, I spent, I stopped being a financial advisor almost for like the last year and a half, mm. just focusing on, you know, people that I was seeing weren't at positions to, to get to do. They weren't at positions to invest in pensions or investments or buy shares or all the stuff that I've been doing for the last, you know, f 13 years. And so I've I'd stopped doing it and just focused on trying to help. But now that message has got through and, and so now I'm seeing more and more people that I'm helping them buy their first property or helping them, you know, start buy their first shares or, or get into becoming a business owner and making that business profitable. And so I'm just enjoying doing that. But and, and so we've got now building our platform, our wealth management platform. And so now I'm. I'm starting to deal with like, you know, I don't want to say too much celebrities and, you know, high net worth black people now want to, they want a black financial advisor. Hey, I'm here. Do you know what I mean? And so it's, it's nicely in that position. Yeah. So, so now I am now trading up um, younger, not, not just younger, but I'm trading up black financial advisors that will come underneath me that will deal with maybe, you know, the, the smaller cases while I deal with the more high net worth, you know, ce celebrity cases. We're doing more television. Trust me, you're going to see me loads more on TV um, that's coming up. Talks, I'm doing corporate talks all over the place. And obviously once, you know, we're allowed to be out doing events, the event side of things was just crazy even before. So it'll be even bigger now. So there's so much more coming and I'm just so excited for everything. And, you know, I want to be able to give my kids, I've got four kids and, and, and a wonderful four wife. Kids. Yeah, I've got the ages. I've been quite keen to know. Yes, yeah, so I've got an eight-year-old, I've got a six-year-old, four-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, my house is full. My house is full. So um, I'm really, yeah, but my wife is just so supportive. She makes everything happen. And that's why... When people ask me, I always say we, and they're like, who's we? I'm like, no, my wife, like, it doesn't, it doesn't happen without her. And you may not see her and I'm the face or whatever, but I'm me because of all the things that, that she does. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, I just want to give them the example. Now they're starting their own YouTube channels because they see their daddy on TV as normal. Like when I grew up, black person on television, you know, we had what, Mr. Motivator, Ainsley Harrier. And then the only real one we really respected was Sir Trevor McDonald. But now, you know, my children, they see that their dad that they grew up with on the television. So to them, it's normal. And that's that's the thing. The more of us that start to excel, we start to make these things normal for the, the next generation coming. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. And I wish you all the best. And we definitely are looking forward to seeing more and more of you as the financial advisor of the nation. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah definitely looking forward to that and just to wrap up what's the last thing that you have to say i almost don't want to finish it but <laughs> the last thing that you have to say just as a parting word for the for the for the guys who are listening i think the last thing i have to say is that one thing i've realized in this is that every skill i needed to to achieve success i already had inside of me i just needed to nurture it and i think for a lot of us it's not that we can't it's just we don't know how and you have the skills to, to, to reach your dreams and, and live the life that, and be free and live the life you want to live. It's going to take sacrifice, but 
make sure that you know you are nurturing the gifts that you have and don't be afraid to ask for help or support and that doesn't have to be black that doesn't have to be white whatever whatever color it comes from don't limit it I think a lot of the time we limit ourselves to one community I'm telling you I am here the financial advisor the knowledge I am today because white men have and white women have spent time to nurture mentor correct take time to so don't just limit yourself to only oh i must stick to my community yeah. whoever can help you support you go out and find it i always talk about spending more time on linkedin than you do on instagram mm -hmm. and and make those connections build your network your net work is your net worth and it's so important that you understand the importance. There are people who want to do something and they can go to their phone and say, oh, do you know someone that does it? Yeah, okay. And they're gone. Mm -hmm. And then there are us that want to do something and we don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, more you own, the more you limit your network and the more you only sound, surround yourself with a few people, the harder it comes to get to that success. So build out there, go out there, add value to yourself and build up your network and you will see the changes coming. And on that note, I would say thank you so much, Emmanuel. Very inspirational, very insightful. And we look forward to seeing more and more successes from you. Thank you. So that was an amazing and inspiring episode to have that discussion with Emmanuel where he was talking about becoming the youngest qualified financial advisor for Barclays at the tender age of 22 and all of what he had to overcome to develop um, himself from you know sort of the education the low-income household and all of that and how he's um, thrived through all of that to develop the right habits that have then you know that have then um, propelled him to success and really you know, this is one of the reasons why he created the E-Man Effect. You know, he's, he's talking about, you know, he's dedicated towards providing financial education. And financial education is the basis and the foundation for any investment um, you're going to want to embark upon. And one of the reasons why this episode was so vital was about developing the right money mindset to get you set up to be able to then invest in property because you have to start from somewhere. So I hope you got lots of value from this episode. Um, the idea was really about just talking about the, the habits one needs to be creating and putting in place, not only for themselves, for their kids as well. And um, I just wanted to say a big thank you to all my listeners, all of those that have tuned in and have supported me throughout the year. It's been a real labor of love doing this. And I really appreciate the fact that I've gotten quite a lot of great feedback from it. And I really appreciate that as well as the fact that, you know, as we come to the end of the year, I'm hoping for a great year for you guys next year that I'll have lots of um, new and interesting and engaging um, guests who will be people who have listened to this who have gained so much from this and are now telling their own stories so um, I'm going to sign off for 2020 and so the next time I speak to you uh, you'll hear me will be in 2021 and do we have an amazing lineup of guests um, in addition to guests next year we will be focusing a lot on sort of tips, practical tips you can take to start your property journey. So look, looking forward to next year, 2021, an amazing year um, for you and for us here at The Property Mom. So take care and have a happy new year.